Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. And it is almost time for episode three, but we got a problem. What's that? Emily is not in the building. Oh. Emily is out of the building. And so look at Mike Shaw sitting on the Emily cam. It says Emily right there. It does. Is it and here? On the, this one of these. I don't want to be mean, but you're the worst looking Emily I've ever seen. Uh, Mike. Thank you. No, actually, that's a compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that. But Emily's out and she said, just do one thing. Don't use the equipment and don't ruin the show. Okay. So here we go. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell. Your secret's safe with me. So you had an idea, Mike. You said, yeah. look, we've got some some stuff that we, we just were playing around. We've got the rehearsal. We got, yeah. epi- we got episode one. We got episode two, the pilot and episode two. But they are very long. They yeah. are long-form talk show. Yeah. And we're, again, just getting our sea legs under us. You said, let me, while Emily's gone uh, at the hospital in Minnesota with her family, let me do a mashup of some of the best stuff that happened. The Al Robertson interview, the Don Keith interview, your role with us. And so you're putting that together for this week, I guess. Yeah, for... right on or way off. Right yeah. on. We're going to do some editing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? We're getting a lot of feedback, right? You know, People love the show, but uh, for some, it's like, well, it took me three days to listen to it because I have a job. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to take kind of the best of the first show, best of the second show, maybe from the rehearsal, whatever, mm-hmm. and put everything together in like a one hour sort of uh, yeah. Emily's out of town and yeah. we're breaking the studio episode. A little bit more um, palatable for people to listen yeah. and get an idea of who Emily Danielson is, who her co-host, sidekick, husband, pastor is, which, mm-hmm. which is me. And who are the other players in the show? Yeah, and so me. yeah, it's kind of going to be like a almost a long mashup promo for people to get an idea of what it is that we do. So this is more than a podcast. It's more than a syndicated attempt. It's it's really a broadcast outreach that FreshRoadMedia.com is going to have a lot of resources, yeah. blogs, a lot of other things. And so, Mike, I'm excited you want to do that with uh, week three here. Um, the all new no apology with Emily. And can Chris. I be honest with you? Can yeah, I, can yeah. I be frank? Yeah. I'm already Emily. So uh, <laughs> I you, want. If you can be Emily, you can be frank. <laughs> I can be frank. <laughs> I, I want people to discover this show. Me too. Uh, we're doing great work here. I've been fans of Emily and Chris for uh, 15 years since I met you guys in Arizona, and I have such a great time working with you. And I just want everyone to see what we're doing because yeah. I think they'll like it. Well, thanks, man. I, I think they will too. Yeah. I I know that you know. There are people that have enjoyed what we've done over the years, yeah. and I've gotten feedback from some of them, and it's like, okay, maybe they're in the fanboy category, so maybe yeah. I can't, like, you know, take... But, hey, if it works, it works. We're not going to yeah. bury our talent in the dirt. We're just going to continue to try to put it out there for gospel purposes. And so, Mike, I thank you for for doing that. Yes, sir. So here it comes. It's episode three of No Apology with Emily and Chris. And episode three is a restart mashup. Enjoy. There it is. One hour, right? Yeah, I'm going to edit. And so whatever I came up with is right after you fade to black. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Now, broadcasting from the sun-drenched patios of Harlan, Iowa. It's Emily Danielson. You don't like that? Wow. Welcome. Are we starting? Are we doing this? What are we doing? Oh, no. I just got this new sound effect. Yeah. And it just makes me want to do my big, big, uh, big movie voice. Yeah. Just when you thought it was safe for Emily to get back behind the microphone. Yeah. 
Here comes FreshRoadMedia.com. Have, have you ever seen that meme where it's just that cat that just has this blank stare on their face, half shut eyes, just glaring, and the head of it is, you know, anytime your husband tells a joke. Yeah, that's the look that's on it. your face. I'm angry cat right now. Do you like now. this music bed? Grumpy cat. This is this could be our new show intro music bed. I want a swing dance. You want you want to do this? Yeah. Hey, I got I got another one. Let me let me try a different one. Try try this one. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a good way to start the show. Weird. No, that's a little weird. All right, how about this? No, absolutely not. It's like no. a little. It almost no. sounds like Eddie Van Halen with "Girl, You Really Get That." Yeah, it almost sounds like we shouldn't yeah. be hearing that right now. Okay, all right, okay. all right. Yeah. There's our normal. Uh, that works. Welcome to No Apology <laughs> with Emily and Chris. We're it's it's on. We're recording. Go go oh, go. Oh, very good. So then yeah. I should start with my you, welcome to No Apology there you with go. Emily and Chris. Brought to you by Fresh Road Media. So glad you're with us. And I'm sorry that we have to suffer through Chris's little playing games over there. But give me whatever. new sound effects, Emily. I want to start. Yes. With a post on Facebook from Answers in Genesis. Love Answers in Genesis. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. There was a post that they made, um, I guess, actually on April 1st. And so. Yeah, it was an April Fool's thing, but (laughs) I still thought it was cool. The first thing we need to know is it was a joke, but I didn't pick up on that like at first when I was first reading through it. Um, but it was really kind of interesting, and it talked about how they were going to rebrand themselves, mm-hmm. and they were going to go through all 66 books of the Bible and go from answers in Genesis to answers in Exodus to answers in what, you know, the whole rest of the Bible. So I'm initially thinking, I can't wait to get to answers in Obadiah. Yeah. You know, that would that would yeah. be good. I answers like in Malachi or Malachi <laughs> to the layperson. Right. Yeah. And so... The, the reality is, is that when they came out with that, I'm like, that is a great, cool idea. But how could they do it? How could they possibly do this every year? It would cost, you know, millions of dollars after a decade to rebrand yeah. yourself like that. But the idea was built into the authority of God's word and how important God's word is. We were doing a little show prep, a little brainstorming, and I actually made the made the comment. This is cool to see someone taking a bold marketing approach to advance truth. <laughs> And so then y'all put that down and posted it on Facebook on the Ken Ham link. It's on our Facebook page. Just search No Apology with Emily, E-M-I-L-E-E, and Chris, and you'll see it there. But the the bit that Ken Ham wrote was so good because he takes that opportunity to, you know, spoof you. Okay, we're going to change the name every single every single week, you know, and and or every single year. year yeah. And yet the bottom line is it, was, it gave him a platform to really – Put the smack down on how important Genesis one through eleven right. is. Right, there was a, there was a reason for this April Fool's joke because yeah. they, and and we were talking about that actually. You know, when we first looked at it, that Genesis really because it is the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. Genesis helps helps explain and shed light on the other books of the Bible and vice versa. The other books of the Bible affirm. And bring veracity to the book of Genesis. And yeah. so it was it was kind of a cool thought and a cool idea. And there there was, a, I don't know what you want to call it, method behind the madness, yeah. just bringing to light that point. And that's exactly what Ken Ham did. Well, we, again, we have bad analytics on Facebook. What I mean by that is that our stuff gets stuffed, stuffed all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's incredible. We did get one comment. Steven said, Chris is going to come out and tell us <laughs> his love and devotion to Olympic ice skating, how hockey is too brutal, NASCAR is for sissies. 
And then he makes a quote about the Packers, which I cannot repeat. Skull Vikings, let's go. Uh, and you how, can repeat it. You can repeat it. You were no. going to say that you were going to tell us that you love the Packers. No, they were don't, the best team or something. La, 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 la. Something don't even say like. the word Packers on my show. <laughs> I joke. Packers, I joke. Packers, Packers, Packers. <laughs> and he really likes long walks on the beach. The, the bottom yes. line is somebody got that it was a F- April Fool's joke. But I love people that promote biblical truth. And last yeah. night, one of my heroes of the faith, who I really want to get as a guest on the show. Yeah. And uh, it's Dr. Del Tackett. He's one of the oh, f- yeah. few people that we've never met, never talked to. Because um, we've been but blessed in that area. we know people who know him and yes, worked with him. Yes, we know a lot of people. And met him and talked with him. So, Our yeah. paths have crossed like four times, and we've never been able to say, hey, Dr. Dell, let's sit down and yeah. chat, have a cup of coffee, which is one of the things I'd love to do one He's of like days. our Kevin Bacon, you know, six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes, We're yes. six degrees from Del Tackett. Yeah, we know exactly so many right. people connected to him. Anyway. So last night, uh, it was episode 10 of The Truth Project at church. And uh, for our Wednesday night little adult get together. Yes. And I was not feeling good at all yesterday afternoon. So I needed to stay, you know, near a facility. Um, <laughs> some might Do politely. You have one too many tacos over there? <laughs> some might politely call it digestive distress. <laughs> but uh, so I got a link in the email from, I missed his neighborhood apologetics session the night before. So it's under the Engagement Project. So I'm watching the Engagement Project last night. His uh, most recent. His most recent while work. you're watching. So we had two different Dell Tackets going on in our life at the exact same time we last night. We were both pretty interesting. tacketing at the same time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Truth Project, Engagement Project, Dr. Dell Tackett, Neighborhood Apologetics is what he's promoting right now. That dovetails hand in glove with what you and I are about on this particular broadcast. Absolutely. I mean... Well, we'll see as as everything <laughs> strings out how it all dovetails together. Uh just like God's word. Every it's it's like a a, a brick wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every brick is important. You start taking out bricks and the whole thing can likely just collapse. Yeah. You take out the wrong brick and it all collapses. And so it's all interlocked and it's, and one truth is really built upon and dependent on uh, the preceding truths. So. We have to get people engaged and standing up for the authority of God's yeah. word. That's what this show's kind of about. And I'll use any tool I possibly can to creatively teach the gospel. <laughs> I'll creatively teach the gospel. What do you think? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll take you out with the with your favorite little uh, bumper music uh, here. Thank you very much. We will be right back with No Apology with Emily and Chris. No apology with Emily and Chris on FreshRoadMedia.com. And during this break, Mike Shaw is on the Emily Cam. And Mike, we just want to encourage people to consider standing with us financially at FreshRoadMedia.com. Yeah, as we're getting this thing started, we just really appreciate your gifts of any amount. And you can do that at FreshRoadMedia.com. If you give $10 or more uh, per month, you can get a copy of the excellent movie, Bible Idiots written and directed by Chris Danielson. And I Thank just you. watched it last week. It's fantastic. So, yeah, I, um, yeah I, you guys need to discover that movie. But uh, really do appreciate uh, your gifts in any amount. And uh, more content also available, all at freshroadmedia.com. Well, I tell you what, tell your friends, that's the key. We need a lot of people to stand with this ministry. And we don't need everybody to give money. We need people to listen and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
but some of you, we do need to get money. <laughs> there are bills to pay. That's right. Hey, no apology with Emily and Chris on FreshRoadMedia.com. Now back to the mashup. No apology with Emily and Chris, a product of FreshRoadMedia.com. We're going to be having you laughing louder, digging deeper, and living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a great program scheduled for you today. In fact, we told you the guest, uh, the guest of honor on our yes. pilot episode is none other than Al Robertson from Duck Dynasty, and he joins us now on our guest cam and our guest microphone. Al, how's it been going for you, man? Man, it's been going great. How are you guys doing? We're, we're settling into Iowa. We've been here for about eight months, and believe it or not, they love me here, Al. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Well, that's shocking, but 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 good, but good to hear. It's good yeah, to know that you're loved, Chris. It's always good yeah. to know that. Ah, uh, yeah, Chris I'm not is surprised. Chris has I'm been a surprised. little whiny with the with the winter hanging on so long, but. He, he's going to be okay, I think. Yeah, I'm going to do just fine. Al, you you and I, we did some stuff with Bible Idiots, and we've also done some speaking stuff together. But for the last three years, like like a year before COVID and then all through COVID, we haven't touched base much, but you guys got off with Unashamed with, with your dad and your brother, and some other things have been going on. But I, I always kind of keep up that you guys are still doing some marriage ministry. So you, I don't know if you even remember this, but you were the first guest on the Bible Idiots podcast. And you were the first guest on the Chris Danielson show that lasted 10 minutes in Birmingham. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> it's like every time I start a new project, I call you up and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll come, come hang out with you. I, I'm not sure if I'm like the, your, your, your flagship or your sinking ship. <laughs> I may be the kiss of death. <laughs> you, yeah. might have, you might have put me down the line somewhere just to see if it works out before you... <laughs> Oh, that's I, funny. I, I feel yeah. like I'm I feel like I'm the breaking the baba bubbly on the Titanic every time I come on one of your new projects. So <laughs> yeah, we are kind of a walking Titanic, aren't we? Well, uh, we don't we don't call you the kiss of death out loud. <laughs> <laughs> At least not to my face, right? Yeah, no. It's been a blessing just the stuff that we've gotten to do. The biggest thing that we've gotten to do though is we've gotten to see the Lord do incredible things through uh our my family, our efforts, and of course through your family and, and your guys' efforts. But what's been going on lately? What 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 do you see happening? Unashamed is just off the rails successful. You got to be pleased about that because I remember we were actually talking in West Monroe one time, like one of the last times we were on about you starting this podcast. And now here it is, you and your uh, now Zach's your cousin. Yeah, Zach's my cousin. Yeah, and, you and Zach uh, were going to take off and start doing some of this stuff with CRTV, and one thing led to another, but here we are. To tell us a little bit about that journey, because that's kind of where we left it. Yeah, I kind of feel like my, my story is a lot like uh, yours and Emily's story. You know, just kind of going where God leads us. And uh, we were in full-time ministry, and of course, in the show, you know, Dynasty comes along for the rest of the family, but not really for Lisa and I. And so... You know, we just kind of from that point forward, it just feels like we've been just kind of pinballing wherever God takes us. And so uh, after the show ended, you know, nobody was really doing much of anything else. And, uh, you know, I was kind of volunteering at the church. Lisa, by this time, we've written some books. And so we're doing some, you know, speaking and we do some appearances and we did some cruises. Actually, you and Emily came along a cruise with us. and We had a blast. That was a great uh, time. Yeah, doing some marriage stuff. And so we just kind of, you know, okay, Lord, you know, we're not sure exactly what you have for us. I wasn't sure if I was going to settle back into a full-time work somewhere because that's what I'd done, you know, for most of my life. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden Zach calls and says, hey, 
at this time it was uh, CRTV. Uh, he said, you know, they're, they're interested in, in your dad doing a show and it's a video blog, you know, it's, it's a vlog format and it's like mm-hmm. these 10, 10 minute videos. And I was like, well, okay. And so it was kind of like an inside joke is that who would have thought that dad out of all people <laughs> would be the first post duck dynasty person to have his own show. And, and, and yet that's exactly what happened. And so uh, we started producing this little show and you were on it, I think. I think we had you on uh, an episode or two. Yeah, I was a guest and I, I directed a couple of the first uh, like segments. Like, do you remember when we were in Michigan and we yep. went to some of those hunting lodge places and I was, you know, being able to direct your dad was pretty, pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. Plus I was his driver that weekend. And so I know what it's like to pull up to a red light and have people look over and see Phil Robertson sitting in the passenger <laughs> seat of my car. That was pretty fun. And, you know, the concept was we just sort of, literally followed dad around with cameras and where we were in that case we were in michigan you were with us and we just kind of let him do his thing and uh, we would just let him preach the gospel and kind of just you know feel being feel and so uh, we actually did 800 episodes <laughs> i mean wow wow over the course of four years but during that process uh about maybe two and a half years in uh, they approached us about doing a podcast because it was in dad's contract to do a podcast. And of course we had never, I don't listen to podcasts. Of course I'm aware of them, but I didn't know much about it. And so, you know, I'm a preacher and so is dad. So we're thinking like sermons, you know? And so I, I guess we're just supposed to get on and preach like on the radio, you know? So I started listening to podcasts and I said, no dad, it's like a conversation. And they want us to go like an hour. And dad said, an hour, we'll put people to sleep. You can't. No, <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to you because, again, we're thinking totally just preach, you know. And so uh, so we started doing this. Po- and, and it's kind of funny now because looking back on it, you know how you start a project and you're not really sure. So we weren't officially on board yet. They're still working out contracts and blah, blah, blah. And we're still wrapping up his other show. And so so we start doing this thing. We were calling it, um, I think we were calling it In the Net. And the whole idea was we, we talked about fishing because dad, dad was a commercial fisherman and then he became a fisher of men mm-hmm. and as, as did all of us. And so we kind of went this whole thing that's, you know, that we were like commercial fishermen, but now we were, you know, we were trying to catch people, you know, for the, with the gospel. And so that was the kind of the basis of our podcast. And so it was just me and dad and I was just volunteering cause I just figured dad would just preach for an hour and that probably would get old. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I, since I was producing the show, I thought, well, I, I at least need to kind of provide a little balance. And we didn't really have anybody else. And so we put Dan, who was dad's kind of right hand man. He was kind of just the guy that was hanging around asking questions on the podcast. Yeah. So it was the three of us and we did about 20 and I thought they were okay. They weren't great. And then all of a sudden, Zach Cosmos says, oh, by the way, we signed Jace. So we're totally changing the format. Dan's out and it's going to be you, you, you know, hosting and it's going to be Jace and your dad. And we're going to call it unashamed. And we had this whole thing. We kicked it off. And, and of course, the rest is history, as they say. But I mean, now, you know, we have millions of downloads and obviously it's making a huge impact. It's turned into a real discipleship uh, type approach, I think, because yeah, it started sure. out a lot of young men, I think, that used to watch the show. And now they've kind of come to age and faith. But the audience has grown. I mean, it's no longer just one, you know, 
you know, set of people. I mean, it's everybody. I, Cause I travel still a lot and speak and everywhere I go, it's like, Oh, we love the podcast. And it's every age range, every gender it's, it's everybody. So, and, and, the, and the feel of it is a little bit different every time, depending on who, who's guests or what, what, what topic or who did what that you guys springboard off to, but you always circle back to the gospel. Yeah. And it's basically just a Bible study when blaze now CRTV uh, merged with Blaze, which was Glenn Beck's uh, group. And so now it's become Blaze TV. And so they're still, it's their platform and their political, you know, they're like conservative political, but they basically, they said, we want something biblical. we got enough conservative political guys. Uh, and so, cause you know, we were thinking they wanted that because dad right. did a little bit of that on his other show. But so we were like, they were like, can you do straight Bible? I was like, can we do straight Bible? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Between the between the four of us, because Zach is is also a part of the team too now, and between the four of us, you know, we've got about 120 years of Bible teaching experience. So we just do straight Bible study. We do have guests on, and it's a wide range of guests. Sometimes it will be a little political, like we've had Ted Cruz on, and we've had uh, Ben Carson, and you know, national nice. figures. But then, we, but then we've also just had you know, like my local preacher, or you know, other people as well. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So I got a question for you because, you know, I know your dad loves to share the gospel anywhere, anytime that he can. But when you bring these new ideas to him and you're talking in this techno world, which I feel like is, I mean, it's beyond my ken. Uh, what's his response? How does he react to these new ideas that people keep bringing to him about doing different stuff? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny Emily, because dad, Take, and I guess rightly so. I kind of laugh about it because he he takes credit for the success of the whole thing because we were on an airplane one time coming home from an event. It may have been from Michigan. I don't know. But Zach was with us and he he kind of pulls Zach and I say, he says, boys, we got to get on this Internet. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I, I, I've heard about it. I'm not sure how to turn it on, but I know it's out there. But we got to get on that thing because if the Apostle Paul had had a tool like that, he would have been on it in a heartbeat. So exactly. It's funny. it's funny. So he's like, he recognized the power of it. So the running joke on the on our podcast is every time we talk about the internet, he's like, that's why I don't do it. That's why I don't get it. That's why I don't own a computer. That's why I don't own a cell phone. But then he flips it around and says, but I'm so glad we're on it because that's how we're preaching the gospel and that's how you're hearing what we're saying. So yeah. it's, it's like personally, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with it, but but in his heart, he knows that we're doing something good, just like what you guys are doing. So yeah. that's, that's what we talk about. Look, you know, there's always good and evil in, in potential in everything. And so we yeah. can take something, use it for good, or obviously the evil one can use it for bad. It's, it's, exactly. it's our choice. I love the name Unashamed because yeah. both times I was with Phil when he was speaking, Romans one sixteen was his text. And um, every time we would talk about stuff, it would always come back to that, being unashamed. And Emily and I have a testimony of your family where we got to see behind the scenes at a deep level Y'all really don't care about all of the peripherals. Y'all just care about serving Jesus and well done, that good and faithful servant. And that's kind of cool. That's why it's awesome that you can come and put the kiss of death on this show on the pilot episode, <laughs> because if it's not about the gospel, we don't care. We, we just want, that's all we want to do. So um, well, I think that was what I originally, what I loved about you guys, because, uh, you know, our original meeting was just literally a cold email 
that you sent saying you were doing Bible idiots and we happened to be in Nashville at the same time. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, we're going to be hanging out in this hotel room filming. If you want to come by, I mean, you could have been like a porn industry. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I didn't have any idea who you were, but there was something about that that I found enlightening. I thought, you know, I like this. These guys are just doing it. These guys are just going all in and they're unashamed. And so I came down. It didn't turn into anything weird. We had a great time. And <laughs> we promise it wasn't weird. <laughs> it wasn't weird. But, you know, and we became fast friends. But you're right, Chris. I mean, I, I think the best part of this whole thing for me, I say this all the time, is the people that I get to meet along the journey. So since we've been doing the podcast, it's not just Romans 116 anymore about our being unashamed, but it's also when you find those verses like in Hebrews where it says God is unashamed to call us, you know, his children. And that's Jesus pretty is, cute. Jesus cute, uh, is cute. unashamed to call us, you know, his brothers and his sisters. So, you know, it works both ways. So it's just been, it's been a fascinating journey so far. So we'll see where it goes. Well, I've loved the friendship and the relationship that we have with you guys. Uh, for me personally, because I love to see how Lisa is really a force behind you, and, and she has really helped you become who you are and vice versa, but you guys have such a great testimony. You're not ash uh, ashamed or afraid to share those ups and downs and what God does for you through those downs, and out Yeah, and of ups that, and downs doesn't even do justice to it. You guys have been through a lot, and what a testimony. Well, uh, yeah, where was I going with this? I can't remember. <laughs> Um, but but it's been a demonstration of that marriage relationship. It's yep. not always perfect, but it's powerful. So are you and Lisa still doing a lot with marriage or what's going on there? Yeah, we do. Uh, we most I would say probably about two thirds of what we do is in the life sphere just because there's so much opportunity and so much need out there to raise funds for pregnancy centers and, yep. and right to life groups. Uh, and that's a big part of our testimony. But the other third is probably marriage because that's a big part of our story. As you guys know, our story, uh, and we've written about that in our books, but you know, even our local church, like, so we did this event uh, last week and I was happened to be preaching back home because so I, so I've been volunteering, uh, back home at our church to preach ever since our young pastor left. So our temporary setup is now entering its fourth year. And I've discovered that as long as I'm willing to do it for free, they're willing to allow me to do it for free. So, <laughs> so one thing I found about funny ministry, how that works. Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's like the mafia, you know, it's just like <laughs> I thought I was out, but they're pulling me back in. So so I had to preach back to back weeks. And I told them I expected double pay, but I'm learning about math. Emily, two times zero is still zero. So, uh, <laughs> right. right. And of course, by now the business is exploding because all these people <laughs> that are watching the show are wanting to buy duck calls and they're not duck hunters. They're like, you know, four-year-old girls wanting to buy a duck call. You know? I, know. I, have no. a, I have a duck call. We, Emily has a duck call. <laughs> there you go. And, and when's the last time you took a duck hunting, Emily? Uh, you know. Never. Never. Exactly. <laughs> so, so everything, so it kind of lined up for that. But I tell you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Chris. So the, the, at the end of season three, the producers get together and, you know, they're every, every season they're like, oh, is everybody happy? Because by now, it's a runaway smash. Right. And so everybody wants everybody happy. They're, they're in negotiations for a new contract. So now we're, everything's kind of tentative, you know? And so they had this meeting, you know, with all the cast and all the family and mom of all people says, well, I'm not happy. Oh. And they're, and they're like, 
oh, Miss K, which is the last person you would ever expect to have a right. problem with, right? And they're like, Miss K, what is it? She said, well, America and the world, they only think I have three sons and I have four sons. And I want my oldest son to be on this show. And so you've got to make that happen if you want to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, he will be on the first episode. <laughs> of this and is that when they came up with the wedding reenactment was That's, at that meeting, at that casting meeting? That was meeting? at that casting meeting. And so yep. the, that, that birthed the idea of the, it was called Till Duck Do Us Part. And it's, <laughs> it, it, is, it is still to this day the highest rated cable television reality show ever. Oh, Over 12 wow. million over 12 million viewers that night, cool. uh, still the highest rated ever. And I told Willie, speaking of christening, I told Willie, I said, and that was my debut, uh, Lisa and I, I said, if you'd have got me on the show at the beginning, there's no telling where this thing could have gone. Because obviously, <laughs> obviously they were looking for a beardless Robertson. You know, Lisa says, Lisa says I'm the best looking Robertson, which I appreciate. But if you look at a picture of our family, the bar is very low. <laughs> well, it's, if size in there, it's, it's even lower. So. That's right. Not, not very hard. Yeah. So, you, and you actually had to stay beardless, like because you you started branding yourself as beardless, bro. Because I mean, yeah. we were together one time, and it was hunting season. And you were growing it out like you are now, but you you told me you're like, I got to shave because I got this thing coming up or something. I don't remember how that went down, but well, it's the it, same reason why they had to keep theirs long as I had to keep mine off. And right. uh, of course, to be honest with you, Chris, the reason I grow one now, and of course, Lisa allows it. She she doesn't like me having the beard at all. Yeah. But she she allows the short one. And the reason I grow it is because I've gained some weight in my post-duck dynasty years. And I'm not sure how many chins are under this beard. Yeah, and that's so what I got going I, on right here. Exactly. I'm kind yeah. of afraid to look. And so, you know, until until I'm ready to, like, take a look, we're just going to keep it like this. Well, I remember Jay shaved, like, three or four years ago and, like, broke the mm. Internet because he shaved. Yeah. You know, if I shave, I'm going to break the scale because I'm immediately going to gain like 50 pounds if I shave my beard off. So if a beard makes me look slimmer, are you good with that? <laughs> are you? I got to say, it's got to go both ways. Nah, no, not nah, really. Nah. Well, I, I could do it. I could. I, Al, could. I, I thank you so much for being part of another pilot episode. And we're hoping that this one goes. This is kind of Emily's baby. It's her show. I'm so happy to to partner alongside her to be a part of this. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to share... Christian Living and Bible Apologetics with No Apology. So the name of the show is No Apology with Emily and Chris. We're tired of everybody apologizing that we're Christians, like we have to walk on eggshells, and that is not the power of the gospel. And I would really love to get your thoughts on that. No, I agree 100%. In fact, you know, we obviously went through a national, uh, I don't know, microscope moment, uh, you know, during the show, and because of what we believe. And that's really what led us to being unashamed because, you know, when you're on, when your family, especially your dad is on cable news every night for a week uh, because of what you believe, then that's going to put you to the test. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about your podcast. I mean, the name of your show is we, we never apologize because there's nothing to apologize for. The, the truth is the truth. God is who he is and we are who we are and we love people. And we lead people to Christ. So they can say what they want about you, but you don't have to apologize for the truth. And there's mm-hmm. no there's no reason to do that. And so the big mistake people make is when they worry about what somebody's going to say about them on social media. Just, you just adhere to what God says. Be his people. Love people. Mm-hmm. And lead them to truth. That's, what, that's all you got to do. Anything you'd like to leave with our initial audience today, you get final, final word. 
Well, one, one thing is I'd just say that I'm so proud of you guys and just the work you do for the kingdom. And, you know, I have some friends around the country that, you know, because we're all busy doing kingdom work that we may not have a conversation for a few months, but when you, when you do have the next one, we pick up right where we left off. And, and you, you and Emily are those kind of friends to Lisa yeah. and I, and we appreciate that, what you do. I love this show idea. It's going to be great, and mainly because it's Emily's show. And so, <laughs> right on, I'm with you. Th- therefore, I think it's going to be blessed, and, uh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. But you, I, I love uh, the concept. I love what you guys are doing and, and where you guys are working. And uh, look, we're fellow soldiers, you know. Yeah, in, in the absolutely. Mission, so. That's the beauty of it. Uh, speaking of a small world, and you want to hear testimony about those bean fellow soldiers, we are sitting here in, in Harlan, Iowa, and the former pastor that was here, he unfortunately um, passed away from COVID. And uh, But here's the thing. We got called here, we came here, and we found out shortly thereafter where he got his education to become a pastor was right there at White Ferry Road. Really? And it's like yeah. small do you, do you, world. That's crazy. Do you, do you remember a guy 30 years ago named Joe Pennington studying with you? Yes. I know, yeah. I I'm the pastor Joe well. of Joe Pennington's church, and he passed away two years me? ago. Well, I knew that I had heard he had passed away, but I had no idea it was a connection to where you guys were. Yeah, it, it's on. Yeah, it's it's small world. I mean, uh, yeah, Joe Pennington studied with you guys thirty years ago. Yeah, and then he died, and then we became the pastor of the church two year or a year and a half after he. he so the church he planted is I'm now the senior pastor. Yeah. of. for many years he pastored a church just south of us in uh, okay. Pineville, Louisiana, about two hours south. Yeah, and uh, I knew Joe well. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a small world. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we got to figure out a way to get you and, and Lisa to Harlan, Iowa, somehow, some way in the, in the next year or two. And uh, we'd love to circle back with you. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, no apology with Emily and Chris. We really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Love you guys. All Love right. You too. Love you too. Can use that music bed because Emily's not here. Yeah, she doesn't like this. All, All right, right, Mike, it's FreshRoadMedia.com. Mike Shaw in the Emily Cam. You had something during this break you wanted to tell some folks. Yeah, just asking people to go to FreshRoadMedia.com. Help us get started. Get this broadcast off the ground. We're certainly working hard over here. And if you like what you're hearing, then I would really appreciate it. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com. Give your best gift. $10 or more, you get the copy of Bible Idiots. We are a nonprofit as well, so uh, tax write off. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Tax season. It might work. <laughs> sure. Well, that'll probably work just fine. Freshroadmedia.com. And now let's get back to the mashup. All right, Emily. Yes. We're back. We are back. No apology with Chris. No, 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 no. No apology with Emily and Chris. There you, you know, go. It's so easy to now get into that it. Mr. and Mrs. Chris Danielson. Yes. You know, husband, wife is kind of the social convention of how we phrase those things. Yeah. So I have to learn to repeat that. It's Emily and Chris, and we're glad that you're spending some time with us. We have a really great guest joining us We now. do have a great guest. He's, he's not only a friend and colleague, but uh, he is a 
world famous author and screenwriter and scriptwriter. His name is Don Keith. Don, thanks for joining us again today. Hey, it is great to be with you guys. Yeah, you, you're looking good. You got the right on shirt, W R I T E on t shirt going today. Well, I guess I must explain. I am a writer. That's why this, you know, I, I can't spell, in other words. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, Don, you and I go go way back now, about, about five or six years it's getting on. And uh, when I first got to Alabama, I got introduced to you by a mutual friend, and we started having lunch together about once a month. We started brainstorming. We wrote some scripts together. We've we've done some outlines together. And then, of course, we produced a full-length documentary together called Colors of Character, but you have just, I think now you're about to publish, is it book number 41 or 42 that's coming out next month? 41 comes out next month. 42 comes out in June. Okay. Ooh, tell us about those books. Yeah. Now, are we staying with the military on these? Yeah. Well, the uh, 41st is a continuation of a series called the Hunter Killer Series, which I co-write with a former nuclear submarine captain named George Wallace. No relation to the former Alabama governor. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've been fortunate enough to do all these books together, and one of them actually got picked up as a major motion picture. Yeah, and, and the it, Hunter Killer. And it's behind you, Gerard Butler and Gary Ullman, Hunter Killer. You wrote that story, and that uh, that was an incredible, yeah. incredible story. But for me, it's not even about the movie. For me, it's about the red carpet for Hunter Killer with your wife. And Gerard Butler. I mean, those photos are just fantastic. I mean, uh, she had a good time, and and Butler seemed to like take to her too. That was pretty funny to see when you guys. The screening was not like, like on a big ship in New York, right? Yeah, it's on a museum ship, an aircraft carrier, the USS Intrepid, that sits in the Hudson River there in uh, Manhattan, and that's where they had the, uh, the, the the big red carpet rollout premiere, not in Hollywood, and that was fine with me. And I think it was fine with a lot of folks, yeah, because. Uh, the Navy really did support the production of the movie. They saw it as a two-hour recruiting video for submariners. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like just being on that thing? I mean, it, it had to give you a kind of a different feeling, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, those, those things are huge. They're massive. Yeah. The taxpayers spend about $25 billion per copy for those. But this is wow. one of the older ones, and I'm okay. really, I, I really do support the uh, – uh, military uh, vessels that are uh, museums that are open to the public. I even did a book about the 17 World War II submarines mm -hmm. that you can go visit. Cool. And what, they, what they've done to allow you to get on there and see what life was like for the, the people who uh, go out in defense of us and our rights. Uh, and that's what we try to do in the books, too, is we, we don't paint it with a uh, through rose-colored glasses or anything like that, but we do pay tribute to some very brave and dedicated men and women who are on the front lines every day on our behalf. That's awesome. We're going to talk a lot and, about the different. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say you. You mentioned my wife. I, I've got that picture, and I, I show it to her periodically. And I don't think she's embarrassed <laughs> one bit. She latched on to Gerard Butler. We thought we were going to have to call security. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. It was great. The but he was is... great. Gerard is great, and he was very largely responsible for getting the movie made eventually. It took 11 years. 11 from years. The day our, from the day our book was optioned to we actually saw it on the uh, aircraft carrier there in New York. Well, wow. every time that we get together and we start talking about writing and we start talking about the labor of love and writing, 
It's because you can't write with the idea you're going to cash in because it's so hard to cash in on anything in the writing world. In fact, you and I, with some of the scripts we've written and some of the other productions we've been around, it's a miracle any movie ever gets made, ever. Just how hard it is to get stuff through the process. Absolutely. They are, there's actually a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, and mm-hmm. it talks about the, the various films that became big hits. But if you watch any one of those, you'll figure, whoa, how does any movie ever get made? Yeah, uh, it's, exactly. It's just so many moving pieces. I have to watch it because I don't want to discourage anybody who has a story to tell from becoming <laughs> right. a writer or a script writer yeah. or a movie maker or whatever, because well, we need the- good Good stories. Yeah, we well, do. we're in the preseason of, of the Chris and, uh, Chris and Emily coming back to the microphones under the banner of No Apology with Emily and Chris. And so in the preseason, I said, well, Don Keith would probably come on our show because we, you know, one guy that I really want on the show said, well, how big's your audience? I'm like, I don't know. I think it could be zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, call me in the fall. He said, call me in the fall. I'm like, all right, I'll call you back in the fall. But and we, what, what did I ask, Chris? How big is the check? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked what percentage of zero you wanted. Um, yeah. But one of the things we started doing a handful of years ago is we started doing these writing seminars, writing symposiums for screenwriters particularly. But if you were writing even a trade book or, um, you know, writing a manual for how a leaf blower works, you could benefit from what we what we do. And so I, I just – this is – I want you to explain yourself, Don, because <laughs> <laughs> you are obviously the headliner of, of the seminar. But So I'm, I'm the opener. And I worked my fingers to the bone to come up with this beautiful, and I'm talking about massively beautiful, 8-point, 40-minute presentation that, I mean, literally, I mean, people have tears in their eyes. Minstrels <laughs> write songs about this, this, this presentation. Right. And when I get done with the eighth point, I mean, there's just this exhale of joy and learned understanding from the audience. And, and I humbly, because humility is part of my greatness, I humbly then turn, and it's Don Keith's time now. And so Don follows me up by saying this. He says, okay, everything that Chris just told you, let me sum that up. You get a worthy character. He's your hero. Put him in the tree throw rocks at him, then have him somehow change as he gets out of the tree. That's it. He just did my 40-minute beautiful presentation in, what's that, 22 seconds? So thanks, Don. I always have appreciated that. (laughs) Well, I always point out, of course, that that sound from the audience that you uh, accept as uh, praise is actually snoring. I don't know if you you noticed that. Thank you, Don. Thank you for acknowledging that. Honestly, oh. though, that, see, that's the difference, Chris, between the writers and the great writers is the great writers can take all the mumbo jumbo, boil it down into one very poignant, concise, ta-da, yeah. and, and Don did that for yeah. you. Well, Don, well in all seriousness, you know, what most people do is they try to write. They try to write that wonderful novel with all the uh, foreshadowing and imagery and adverbs and adjectives and uh, uh-huh. uh, all that kind of thing. And yet they forget to tell the story. And, and right. the story, most stories are very basic. You, you take a seemingly average person, you have that seemingly average person get into a real fix, and that person emerges showing that he or she is extraordinary. Yeah. Okay. Or just change have for the better. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, some people write books where you don't necessarily change for the better. I don't care for that kind of 
stuff. And I know it's not realistic because sometimes people don't change for the better. Right. But I want to I want to inspire somebody to be able to get through a tough time and to be able to emerge emotionally changed, stronger, whatever it takes to get them through that. And if it's just a little bit of prose that I can put into a book, then that that's fine. So when you do sit down to write a book or a or a movie script or whatever. Is there a specific goal that you have? Like, what do you want your reader or viewer to come away with? Or does it depend on the story that you're writing? Is it different for every for every story that you write? It uh, it can differ. You know, the, the first thing, and I run into so many people who want to be a writer because they want to be rich and famous. <laughs> and I like to point out, you know, if you want to be rich and famous, rob a bank. You're going to be yeah. rich for a little while. And then when they arrest you on the six o'clock news, you're famous. I always tell people you want to you want to be a writer. Uh, you know, you want to make a million dollars writing. Start with two million. And then when you get back to a million, you're a writer. <laughs> And yet people hear about these uh, million-dollar advances that uh, famous people get. Well, they get it because they're famous, you know. Yeah. And yeah. If you're not famous, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a living. Uh, that's how I make my living. That's how mm-hmm. I buy, gro- buy groceries. And you can tell by looking at me, I'm very fond of groceries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and, that, and that's a worthy goal is to make a living yeah. at it or to do it for money or yeah. for fame, if that's what really floats your boat. But at the same time, I still feel like it's a much more worthy cause to take a story and to make it uh, something that will affect somebody positively in some right. way. In, not inspire maybe too too big a word, but if it inspires somebody, fantastic. And I've had the yeah. fortune of writing a lot of uh, biographies and nonfiction books, especially that I hope have done just that. I tell you what, writing is a uh, labor of love. And I write every week and um, I get to share my writings every week on Sunday. And the gospel is without a doubt the greatest story that I want to talk about. And that's all I want to talk about. That's why I ended up becoming a pastor and we're doing And you know, Don, that I just will, I want to creatively share the gospel any way that I possibly can. And we got to do a project together and you wrote the book, uh, uh, Dream On, about Steve Skipper, an African-American artist who was bust around during the civil rights movement. And during that time, he uh, kind of became a Crips gang member, kind of. He actually did. <laughs> What's the kind of thing? I, I, I How do you kind of do that? <laughs> he found the Lord, yeah. more than kind of. He actually found the Lord. Yeah. And then he wanted to be an artist. And so his his paintings hang in the Hall of Fames all across the, the country and the world. And um, Don asked me to come to lunch with Steve Skipper. And then Steve Skipper chose me to be the one to tell his story on film. And so we made the movie Colors of Character. And Don, you're featured in that movie. We actually have you be the expert who talks about Steve's story because you were the author of the original book. And so during the filming of all that and us putting that project together, we got to do a lot of traveling. We did a lot of stuff together. It was, it was really fun. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from the movie Colors of Character? I have not gotten any negative feedback at all, which is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. But then again, we had a great story. I mean, here's a guy who was headed down the wrong path that so many people take, and he turned to the Crips for a family because he was having family issues and racial discrimination was a big part of it too. But uh, he actually went to church on a dare uh, (laughs) and 
He said, okay, I'll go to church if you'll shut up. He said that to a guy that he didn't want his Crip brothers to murder, by the way. They probably would have. Yeah. Uh, Which I think that me and the crew did a pretty good job on those reenactments, I think. But anyway. Absolutely. That's the sidebar. (laughs) Another sidebar, the one thing I learned is uh, I don't care how much makeup you put on, you don't look too good on a screen the size that that ended up on. So. I, I, I'm not bound to be on the silver screen anyway. Well, oh, you're on the screen man. right now talking about it. <laughs> not oh, nearly as big. Uh, not no, nearly yeah. as big, right? No, no makeup this this day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you've gotten really positive feedback on that, and it really goes back to what you were talking about before that um, – you know, you want to move people, you want to insp- not necessarily inspire them, but impact them. And of course, we want to impact them in a very positive way. But I want to ask you about there's a quote, and I'm not quoting it absolutely 100. I'm paraphrasing. I think that's paraphrasing the quote. Paraphrasing the quote that the how people- would you do that in a book, Don? <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly tight. Is, is yeah, there any paraphrase yeah. quotation marks out there for a writer? I just want to. Okay. Anyway, Emily, paraphrasing a quote. The Go. statement is to the effect that the people that are telling the stories are the people that are shaping culture. What do you think? Is that? Do you agree with that? I, they're certainly helping shape culture. Unfortunately, there are a lot of other things that are helping shape culture, as we all know. TikTok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think it's an opportunity for people who want to shape culture in a positive way to do so. You may not get rich doing it. Uh, Colors of Character is not the kind of movie you're going to get rich doing. And I don't think any of us set out to do that. But we wanted to tell Steve's story because we knew how uplifting it could be for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, whether they've chosen the gang lifestyle or they just hate the life they're living or whatever, to find that there is another way, another path. And it still wasn't easy. And that's one of the points we make in the movie. Uh, Steve felt like, okay, he got out of the gang lifestyle. They didn't murder him, which they typically do if you mm-hmm. leave them. Uh, the night that he went to church, he was supposed to meet up with a guy and sample some new mix of drugs. It turns out he didn't show up for that, for obvious reasons. That mix of drugs killed a couple of guys. Yeah. And he may have been killed. He, he says the Lord saved his life twice that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's the kind of stories you want to tell, the true, that will uh, help people get through rough times and maybe affect them positively in life and emotionally and spiritually and any other way they can. The yeah. film is called Colors of Character. It's it's based off, I'm the one who named it, and I remember when we were brainstorming uh, about naming it, I'm like, well, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. with the content of character, that's like the whole thing. Steve's trying to show you know his character through the colors of his painting, so Colors of Character. And the amazing thing about that story to me is how God took somebody and redeemed them for his purposes, and the whole time Steve didn't really even know what that purpose was. And so he started making a lot of money in sports art, and then he started switching to civil rights art. And the passion in his civil rights art um, is also the same passion he has for the Lord. And so that was what I was trying to show Although when the reviews came out, because the movie did go to the theaters, and when the movie came out, one of the reviewers, I, I always get Hollywood reporters stuck in my head, said director Danielson put too much Jesus in the movie, and it was really critical that I had the civil rights opportunity. And this was, by the way, Skipper picked me pre-George Floyd. The movie came out post-George Floyd, and I was criticized that this was an opportunity for us to show love 
and 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 bringing people together under the civil rights movement. But I I ruined it by bringing up too much Jesus. I still remember that. That's still one of the harshest critics I've had to read about my own work. But needless to say, that was just another nail in the coffin of okay, I'm gonna just go be a pastor then. You know, <laughs> and I'll tell the Jesus story every week as loud as I possibly can. So, did you get any of that when you were reading the reviews and stuff? Did anybody? Well, I don't read reviews. Oh, I think smart. it was Ernest. <laughs> yeah, I think Ernest Hemingway said if you if you uh, read the good reviews, you have to read and believe the bad ones too. There you go. Uh, I, I dare you to mention there was too much Jesus in that movie to Steve Skipper. You may have to fight the guy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he was a former All-State linebacker. Yeah. 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 I, I can't. I struggled to watch the movie because I see all of our choices, all the all the little tiny mistakes that are there. But nobody else notices them. Emily's, you know, when we came back from the screen, she's like, I didn't notice anything wrong. Yeah, well, and I'm a pretty harsh critic. I got to be honest. I'm a really harsh critic. In fact, there's not no. very many movies <laughs> that I like. And I want to ask you, Don, what you think about this. It's just my personal opinion. But I'm finding now that I, more and more, I have to go back to, like, old movies, black and white movies, old books that I love to read because it seems like... In years past, this biblical worldview, whether the writer was a Christian or not, was kind of kind of generally accepted, and it would show through in movies and books and so on. And now it seems like there the chasm between Christianity and secularism has become so wide that now we have like just this Christian Christian genre of movies and books. Well, he's a Christian writer. He's a Christian movie maker, whatever. And I'm sad about that. I'm kind of sad that because the the biblical worldview has been set aside, you have to go to writers or authors or whatever that that's their purpose behind their writing versus like you were saying just tell a great story, and you know what? That biblical worldview is probably going to kind of seep through because God leaves evidence of himself yeah. everywhere. Am I wrong on that? No. It, it, you know, media has changed so dramatically. It's changed since we started this podcast recording this morning. You know that. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. And the, the fact that we're doing a podcast, that, that's a fairly new thing coming about. Yeah. But, like, you know— you're right in that if you put Jesus in a movie, it's got to be a Jesus movie. It's it's for the uh, Christian movie audience. It's not for everybody else. What is for everybody else is something with a budget of a half billion dollars that have superheroes that fight each other and they wipe out 20 city blocks and mm-hmm. kill a, a, a thousand but people. They're still the hero, though. Yeah. And well, the hero always wins at the end, even though they killed a couple of thousand people. They're all smiling and everything is wonderful again. I know that there's people out there thinking, you know, I want to write. I've tried to write. Uh, if somebody's thinking about whether it's script writing or or book writing or whatever, what's what's the number one thing they need to keep in mind as they go down that path? What do you want? The, the last, failures. The last, failures right around yeah. the corner. Exactly. It, it no, is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Writing books, doing movies, these are some of the most challenging things that you can do because there are so many people trying to do just that. And it's tough. And what I always start when I do writing seminars, I start by saying, I do not want to discourage you from telling a story. If you've got a powerful story and you have the ability to tell that story, then you owe it to the world to get that story out there in some way. 
fortunately, nowadays, there are ways that you can be published without it costing you a penny, without you even signing a contract or whatever. Uh, if you go to my website, donkeith.com, look in the upper right-hand corner. There's a tab there called On Writing. And I, I spend the first two-thirds of that discouraging you about the possibilities of you ever having a book published. <laughs> yeah. But then I talk about how you can get it done. You can do it. It takes perseverance. It takes prayer. It takes uh, strength. It takes ignoring the critics and a lot of other things. But if you've got a story to tell that's going to affect somebody in a positive way, Tell that story. Get yeah. it out there. But Don, thanks for coming yes. and making it very, very interesting. Well, thanks for inviting me. God bless you. And God bless what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. So uh, we've, I've got this, this new bumper music. I'm going to try this one. Let's see if you like this one. What do you think? No. No? No. No? No. Okay. Don a little wah -wah guitar. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's this one. There we go. That's how we take Don Keith out right there. That sounds, yeah. That's how we take Don that Keith works. out right there. Is that, that bro, bro country, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don Keith, by the way, we didn't even get into this. You were the Billboard's Broadcaster of the Year in 1973 and 1982. And that was in two different formats, Top 40 and Country. And That so, was back uh, on radi radio. Remember radio? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and... And if you say, hey, I kind of recognize the guy's voice, uh, yeah, that's because Don is the voice of FreshRoadMedia.com. That's so, right. So, Don, why don't I reset this music bed real, real quick, and why don't you take us to break, huh? And, and Mike Shaw's uh, up next, by the way, so you can do that. I don't, ready? I don't have a script. What am I going to do here? <laughs> FreshRoadMedia.com, Chris and Emily coming back. Emily and Chris coming back. Mike Shaw. Just generically, Don Keith on the spot. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hit it! Fresh Road Media returns with Emily and Chris and Mike Shaw coming up. Oh, look at that. Nailed it. Nailed it. What a pro. One take wonder. One take wonder. <laughs> no apology with Emily and Chris. And you can see the Mike Shaw's behind the Emily cam. Mike, you had a quick message for the peeps. Yeah, let me get straight to the point. Freshroadmedia.com is where it's all happening today. We are looking for people to give into the ministry. We are a nonprofit, by the way, and we are getting things started, and that takes a little bit of money. So thank you so much for considering that. Prayerfully considering giving your best gift now. Freshroadmedia.com. If you give $10 or more per month, Actually, uh, it's not even per month. It's just $10 or more. One-time gift. That's it? Yeah, give your best gift, whether you want to do it monthly or not. You're still going to get a copy of the movie. For 10 bucks, you can get Bible Idiots? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, most people will do more, but, you know, yeah. there's got to be a bottom. I just know? watched the movie last week. It's fantastic. Well, two weeks ago. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> it's great. Merging stand-up comedy and Bible apologetics. Yeah, we'll send you that as a thank you gift. Your best gift right now, freshroadmedia.com. Now let's get back to the mashup of our restart. But our guest that we have right now on the guest cam is Mike Shaw, our news director. Welcome Yay! back, Mike. Hey, how you doing? So we've created a monster. <laughs> uh, we've got the Roadcaster Pro 2 now set up yeah. to where Chris has his sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Chris has complete control now. Oh, wait, Morning, I should have done it like this. Everybody, hang on. Mike Shaw is now in studio. Okay, One more time. <laughs> 
for Mike Shaw, now in studio. Emily's saying, don't do that again. No, I do like Mike that. Mike Shaw, now in studio. I do that like so, that. So ominous. So just so everyone knows, I was in here for about an hour yesterday recording different sound effects. And don't, so don't tell Chris there's a second page. Oh. If he scrolls over to page two, no, see, there's dude. another whole page of sound effects. You do see the down arrows. encourage him. The yeah. down arrows at the bottom. How about this one? Yeah, <laughs> I love the crickets. That's appropriate. So down and then there's, and then there's this. Yeah, and and I can control when the big finish is. Right oh, there. you can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now like see the down. God. See at the very bottom. <laughs> oh, Chris, my see the very, dropping here. See at the very bottom, Chris, where you have the arrows. <laughs> yes. Hit hit the arrow at the very no the uh, below the tiles. Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Oh. So you, have a, you have a whole nother. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. She, he gave me all these tools. Yeah. <laughs> Cash register. I hate you, Mike. Yes. <laughs> I don't blame you. Give yeah. me any kind of absolute uh, statement of any kind, just off the top of your head. God is good. <laughs> God is great. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to fix that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well you done. caught me for a second there. Well played. Like, how, how do I put a buzzer on that? Well played, young man. Well there's played. that, and then there's... All right, dude. Dude, yes. no one wants to listen to this. It's they like a, someone's phone is going off in the corner. And it's I like, kind of disagree with that. Stop. It's kind of like a kid when you get them to see and say when, they're, when they turn three. Yes, you know? and if you're a mother that's been at home with that scene say all day long. See, our kids, when uh-huh. she's doing yeah, this yeah. mother talk like she's doing right now, yeah, yeah. in their minds, they're all saying... <laughs> so we did a practice thing too, and I kept looking this direction. I kept noting, I'm looking at Chris when I look over here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at Emily when I look over here. Yeah. Yeah. But I should be looking here, kind yes. of Fox News style. <laughs> yes. When they're all on the set sitting next to each other, and none of them are looking at themselves. Right. They're looking straight at the yeah. camera all the time. I give that. In a little box. No, wrong one. I give that a. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Oh. Look at Emily's face. Here, just look at Emily's face. We've created a monster. Look at that. Oh, no, don't say we. There's no we. Oh, here. I guess it was me. Mike <laughs> created a monster. In okay. A All right, Emily. Uh, you told me this is your show, but you told me you still want me to drive right on way off. I do. I like it. It's fun. All right, yeah. Mike. Mike Shaw, are you ready? Ready, Santa. Ready, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's not ready to say goodbye to winter. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start out with a uh, prophecy uh, question. Okay. <laughs> Thought you were gonna if we go get, all prophetic. Get, yeah, if we get this show, possible we could get this show produced, have it up online, and then we get raptured out of here because I want your guys. Uh, Mike, you're gonna go first on this right okay. on way off. All right. There's a new date in pre-tribulation <laughs> prophecy, yeah. and some believe that it's gonna happen this Passover, which technically Passover is tonight. Thursday, April 6th, but Passover is like the whole weekend. It could go through Sunday. What do you say about people who are kind of talking about that this is the weekend Jesus is supposed to return? So right on or way off, I am way off on that, <laughs> but let me explain. Um, okay. Now, my my brother's one of these people, and okay. so... And I love he's, my. Bro- he's right on, and you're way off. He's right on, and I'm way off. All right, but, but with an explanation. Okay, because um, knowing my brother and knowing the study that he puts into this, and and the group that the the groups that he hangs out with that talk about these things, they are deep 
into their Bible study. They are deep into their knowledge of all these different calendars and, right. you know, all the signs that point uh, the Shemitah to... weeks and the year of Jubilee and how the calendar breaks down and the moon and the stars are some doing blood things, others doing shiny things. <laughs> how and did that you know? Means this. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> did my blood Shemitah week come true? Yeah. <laughs> and where's it. the moon? Yeah. yeah. Here's what bugs me is that the last Passover was supposed to be the day. So, um, you know, it. It's rough when you when you name a day and a time right, and a, yeah. and yeah. and you're getting that specific because you know Jesus said we're not going to know uh, only the Father knows, but I am a fan of knowing the season, and I'm also a fan of the way they study the Bible and get into God's Word yeah. and the way they get excited mm-hmm. about that. But yeah. having said all that, I'm still way off. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, are you right on or way off? Uh, the Lord's coming between. Thursday Passover, which is today, I through Sunday Resurrection Sunday. I'm right on. You're right on with Mike Shaw. It's way off. <laughs> Why? I'm way off. I'm way. Well, I think it's really we're on the same page. Same same thing. I do really admire people who it's just it's it's in their DNA. They want to know. They love the history. They love the study of the culture. They love going back and seeing what was written and what was said and so on and piecing it together. Thank the Lord that we have people like that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, um, there is like this natural desire. The, the brain wants to fill in the gaps. That's human. The brain wants what the brain wants. (laughs) (laughs) That, that is a part of our humanity. And, And that goes back to, um, wanting to know who God is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way we were created. So yeah. it's okay. It's good. And like Mike said, it's good that you're in God's word and you're knowing what God's word says. But I am also, uh, you know, when spring rolls around, I know it's spring. Yeah. Nobody, ha- I don't have to go research the history books or read any of these, you know, gardening things to know that, oh, the, yeah. the tulips are starting to peek through that, you know, we, we will all know. Even okay. people... With no biblical worldview, right? They're going to be looking, going, "What the what?" You yeah. know what I mean? They're they're, they're going to see things that they know that they haven't seen before. Yeah. They're going to know that something's up. Yeah. The new date in in pre tribulation biblical prophecy says that this Passover season, Jesus is going to return. In other words, Thursday through Sunday. Sometimes he's going to return. Mike Shaw way off. Emily way off. Yep. I'm going right on. And I mean, I'm legit right on. Let me tell you why. Weird. No, no, you you might not. You might even agree with me. Who knows? Tell us about your the Bible <laughs> in the year of Jubilee. Don't. <laughs> if you're gonna mock me, mock me appropriately. I just like saying Shemitah. I don't, I don't know what Shemitah means. I just like saying. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a it's a new spread you put on bread. Yes. Shemitah. Would you like a Shemitah sandwich? Yes, a Shemitah. I'll take half a Shemitah, please. Sounds delightful. Um, <laughs> no, and, and I don't have time to go into what a Shemitah really is. It's a Shemitah week. It has to do with the Jewish culture. Anyway, okay. I'm right on. I'll tell you why. Okay. The Bible says no man will know the day or hour. True. Right. Okay, so we cannot set dates, no. right? Right. But uh, you can tell seasons, and you can also read what's going on in just common revelation. Jesus gives us discernment. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing that says in the Bible. You ready? Yeah. It says that his followers are supposed to be looking for him always. Yeah. True. Always. Every day. Be looking yeah. for the return of Jesus be Christ. Ready. Be asking for it. Be be ready. Be packed up, prayed up, ready to roll. So hey, if yeah. I, if if I'm gonna do that every day, I'm gonna do that right on Passover, Good Friday, uh 
Saturday doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> the quiet, quiet Saturday. Yeah, Resurrection it is, Sunday. Well, yeah, it's yes. Shabbat. Let's Shabbat get real and then, here. And then the Lord's Day Sunday. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or Quiet Saturday if you have no creativity yeah, right. left. Or mow yeah. the lawn. But you know, God has a way of doing that. It's just like, you know, that that pregnant mother. Yeah. The closer she gets to that due date, the closer she is just ready yeah. to have yeah. this child, irregardless. That's not a word. Regardless of the fact that maybe at the beginning she was very apprehensive about the the yeah. child, he's doing the same thing with us. As the days draw near, as the day of the Lord draws nearer and nearer, we do. We're getting more and more like, Lord, when are you going to come? Well, Lord, yeah. we want yeah. you to come. Lord, we are waiting for you to come. <laughs> I think that, Lord, when are you going to come? <laughs> I think that I think that crypto digital banking announcement yeah, this right. morning is is yep. kind of like the water There's broke. A sign. Okay, There's the a water sign. broke. Yeah. The yeah. birth pangs are there. Um, Two things real quick. Yeah, in reality, we have to be prepared, and we have to be prepared to endure. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. All these things could come to pass. America could fall, and Jesus could still tarry 500 years, and every word in the Bible is true. So that's why we want to be strong in our Mm -hmm. faith. But I'm looking for him to return this weekend, and it's not just because I've got a tax bill due the following (laughs) week. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking about that, too, because it can't be about I want to escape the ickiness of life. It has to be about knowing who God is and having a true internal desire to be with him because you know he is so good. Amen. Um, and so that's where it's really got to start. Reach it, Emily. All right. So two things real quick. Irregardless right. is a word. Look it up. <laughs> Irregardless. Is it really? Yes, it, okay. it is. And the it, second it thing. Is. And then the other thing is uh, Matthew 24. You know, Jesus, what are the signs of your returning? This, that, the other v- earthquakes in various places, Does he list a week? He does not, oh. but he does say <laughs> all these things must come to pass, but the end is True. not yet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I say to that is, as long as the end is not yet, we have time to love God and love people. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's all about reaching people with yep. with the truth of Jesus, because I don't know if you noticed, but there's some birth pains going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're not a Christian, you need to, you need to be one. And yeah. if you are a Christian, you need to be serious about your walk with God, because mm-hmm. these are... I mean, really, that's the truth for all times, but especially yeah. in these times, yeah. we've been called for such a time as this. So uh, rambling now, but yes, please, <laughs> freshroadmedia.com, and uh, help help us launch, and yeah. um, we would appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Emily, final thoughts? Uh, just that Mike's absolutely right. We were created to live in fellowship, mm-hmm. not with just each other, but with God. I, that's so obvious. And as time goes on, it's so easy to become isolated. But we do have to remember we need each other. We need to uh, come together. We have to be united in our uh, mind and in our spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that God is going to navigate us through this life. And there is joy to be found along the journey. There's no doubt about that. All you have to do is get on that fresh road. You've been listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris. And Mike and Keith or Don, a whole bunch of people. The more the merrier, (laughs) right? Thanks for listening. Yeah, awesome.